welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that's perfectly balanced as all things should be. My name is Isaac Edlin. I am your host tonight. And on our six-member cast, I have two fellow Infinity Bros with me. The very first person I'm going to introduce is Zane Ellis. How are you doing, Zane? I'm good. Happy to be here. You know, just uh, hanging out, hanging out with the, the boys. Well, at least two of you, the two cool ones. So, you know. The cool ones. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and he's back, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Jones returns for a consecutive episode. Wow. Everybody's excited about that. Didn't get resuspended, so I'm just glad to be here again. The High Council of Jarrett's is still in session. Um, the so many like AI uh, minds going on up there that they can't come to a single conclusion. So you know it's still in process, but we'll see. The Jarrett PT. <laughs> Jarrett PT. Actually, that's pretty good. We should we should definitely start calling him that. So Mark Jones is back once again. So you know that this episode is going to get. Just absolutely bonkers. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Mandalorian season finale and recap it a little bit for you. But first, uh, if you have never listened to the Infinity Bros podcast before, uh, you can check us out on theinfinitybros.com. All the socials, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and even on Twitch. Zane and I are going to be streaming some uh, Devil and Me Dark Pictures anthology tonight. So which is going to be over by the time, you know, this episode airs. But I do want to mention that we do stream some fun stuff from time to time. So make sure you check us out on any major podcast platform. Get involved in the conversation. We've got a Discord that you can chat about stuff, or um, you can email us at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com. You guys ready to dive in? Always. Born ready. So for those of you who have not listened to the Infinity Bros podcast, we rate things a very specific way here in the pod. So we're going to play that bumper right here. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast, everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale. Zero meaning horrible and six meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an infinity snap. And additionally, we're going to be completely spoiling the season finale, chapter 24, the return of the Mandalorian and talking about the whole season. So, you know, if you haven't uh, watched the whole season or the finale, maybe put this on pause, come back and listen to it later. Uh, we already have your download, so don't worry about that. But uh, yeah, we, we definitely would not want to spoil things for you if you haven't yet. This is... Prepare yourself. An Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. All right, boys. Chapter 24, the return finale of season three of The Mandalorian, which has been pretty. I feel like it's been more controversial than the first two seasons of The Mandalorian, which I feel like the first two seasons were pretty much universally loved. Definitely a lot of discourse going on around this season. But we finally get to close out this chapter of the Mandalorian. And it was a pretty, pretty crazy season. We had a lot of crazy stuff going on. Chapter 24, we see uh, Mando actually at the end of chapter 23 get captured. Um, and the Mandalorian group that he's with is kind of on the run from Moff Gideon and all his uh, cronies, all his Beskar wearing clone troopers, 
and all that good stuff. But this episode sees us come to a head. We get, uh, you know, a lot of really, really cool shots, a lot of cool stuff. But the first thing I want to talk to you guys about is Moff Gideon. So Giancarlo Esposito, fantastic actor. I feel like to me, Moff Gideon has, has he, Giancarlo Esposito, has cemented himself in Moff Gideon as a classic Star Wars villain. I wouldn't put him top three, but he's definitely like a top five, top six, maybe like five, six in there, villain in Star Wars. What are your guys' thoughts on him coming back these last two episodes of The Mandalorian? Zane, go ahead first. Part of it, I think it's very fitting. Just it's a very Star Wars thing. Like they love to bring back villains, whether you like that or you hate it. Um, But I feel like it was a good way. Like it was something you had to bring him back in because you knew his story wasn't necessarily done. Like, yeah, he was kind of that big part of the first one. But when you kind of bring in some of those elements of the new from, you know, the most recent trilogy, especially you get into like the clones, you get into some of this other stuff. It's just like it, it makes sense to bring him back because that was the whole focus of Mandalore. And it kind of ties in to be like, hey, well, what's a perfect spot to set up your secret hidden base that on Mandalore where you've told everyone they need to go high, you know, hey, don't go to Mandalore. So it made sense that he had all this stuff here and ultimately of this arc, like he's the big bad. He was the one that's trying to make all these clones, make them the force sensitive. That's why you find out why he wanted Grogu, like all this stuff. So I felt like it kind of would have been disingenuous to not have him there as this, because like, he's the ultimate bad guy for this area. It's just like, I like, what else would you've done? You just try to introduce some other like characters, a bad guy. I just feel like too much of the groundwork was laid and you know, in the back of your head with star Wars, you're going to see villains more than once. And so that's, it, it followed that pattern. As we should, because I mean, We've been pretty critical of the MCU killing off their really good villains a lot of times way too soon. Like one movie, die at the end of the movie, then they're done. And it's like, oh, hey, it would have been really cool to see a little bit more character development, you know, see, you know, something else with with them in it you right. know, at all. Right. But yeah, we get Moff Gideon back. And I think this these last two episodes of season three were just probably the best two episodes of the season, in my opinion. And we'll get into our ratings a little bit later. But Mark, what did you think of uh, Moff Gideon and his his Mandalorian crew in these last few episodes? Are we sure the Moff Gideon we see in this episode is the Moff Gideon? Because hmm. I feel like there, the Moff Gideon go. that we have known to love has a, has a mustache. And this Moff Gideon did not have a mustache. Just like the clone that we see in that chamber has no mustache. Yep. They they did do a very specific close-up of that clone. And, I mean, obviously it's a clone of him, so it's going to look like him. But, but there's definitely some rumors going around online that potentially Moff Gideon could have replaced himself with a clone. That's Moff Gideon true. is so menacing and uh, sociopathic that I feel like he, knowing, you know, being like three steps ahead of everybody, would be like, I'm not going to fight this fight. I'll make them think I'm 
there and I'm going to, you know, make sure that my clone dies. And the end of the episode, I mean, we already gave the spoiler warning, but Moff Gideon dies, which I was like pretty surprised by, by because I before, you know, on our episode, Mark, I had said Moff Gideon's coming back. Like he's definitely going to be in season four. But after he died, I was like, I don't think I don't think he died, actually. So that makes way more sense to me that that was a clone. <laughs> We've seen way too many movies. If they want us <laughs> to know that a character is dead, they show us a body. <laughs> <laughs> yep. They That's ensure true. us that there's a yeah. body, just like we never saw the body of Emperor Palpatine. And that that MFR came back 30 years ago. So. <laughs> somehow Moff Gideon returned. Yeah, so somehow he's back. Somehow he returned. Some very, very good points you bring up there. And just from episode 23, or sorry, episode 7 to episode 8 of season 3 here, there was a little bit of a discrepancy, I feel like, in Moff Gideon. Like, 7 definitely seemed like him. He was very menacing. He was very, like, commanding, like, every time he's on screen. And then, you know, at the beginning of this episode... Uh, he gets reported that like Mando, you know, escaped and, you know, all the other troopers are like fighting and stuff. And he's like, I'll go take care of the Mandalorians myself. And I like, to me that stuck out as something like that's, I feel like that's something Moff Gideon wouldn't do. Like you said, Marka, he's a little bit more smart and conniving than to go like face down a bunch of pretty elite warriors, like all by himself. And then later on in the episode, too, like, it's literally himself. Like, he, while this battle, like, air battle is raging above him, which was sweet, by the way. Mandalorians, like, <laughs> flying at each other from both sides. That was amazing. Um, but, like, I don't know, dude. Something felt off about Moff Gideon in that last episode. So it would not shock me at all if that one was a clone and Moff Gideon's off off world maybe pulling the string somewhere so you never know um but yeah we so we get uh obviously you know this whole i i do want to kind of touch on how coming into this episode we we knew it was 38 minutes long and to me i was like how how are they going to wrap this up in 38 minutes and they did it in a shocking way to me is they had almost zero twists in this episode. They just played it like completely straightforward. And I was like, okay, well, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting, you know, Ahsoka to come in and like save the day or, or you know, Thrawn like Thrawn shows up and yeah, Thrawn shows up and like, you know, I, I, I don't know. I was expecting something big to happen and nothing big happened. Like they just like played it completely straight. And it wasn't terrible. I, I don't think it was like bad how they did it or anything, I but I was just like, they destroyed the dark just, saber. That's pretty big. That, I mean, yeah, they did do that. And they left it for, Moff, for the real Moff Gideon to go back and retrieve it. True. True. But if it's still there and they still have like the Kyber crystal, I feel like they could just make a new one probably with some, some Beskar. Also, if the, if the dark saber is made out of Beskar, how did Moff Gideon smash it with his hand? Well, weren't we supposed well, to be led to believe that his suit was kind of like giving Right, him it was like a mechanical juice? suit, definitely. Like, he definitely got more, like, it was giving him power, for sure. But even then, 
like just smashing it with his hand. I, I don't know. That to me was well, like, I don't think the hilt is necessarily made out of Beskar because you remember the armor was talking about that, that they don't make offensive weapons out of Beskar because oh, the only thing okay. that can pierce Beskar is Beskar. So mm-hmm. like, that's why they belted down that spear when he got it from that one chick. Well, in. Maybe they should make it out of Beskar this time. No, because that pierces, that's the only thing that can pierce Beskar. Why would you make weapons out of the th- one thing that can pierce your defense? Yeah, Isaac. Uh. <laughs> yeah, Isaac. Because you're a Mandalorian and you have that weapon, so it should be made out of Beskar. Clearly, Isaac's a Gungan. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Isaac is a Moff Gideon clone. <laughs> I, yeah, I can neither confirm nor deny that I am I am a Moff Gideon clone. So, um, <laughs> But uh, we get... I mean, Grogu is, he starts out the episode in his IG-11, or IG-12, excuse me, exoskeleton, (laughs) which (laughs) is amazing. He, I mean, they are going through, I mean, Din is doing work, taking out all these, like, dark troop, like, Beskar troopers um, in that area. And, like, action-wise, I don't know if I can complain about this episode. Like, there was some really fantastic action in that scene with, um, you know, the Mandalorians fighting the dark Beskar troopers in the air, you know, in that last scene and with Bo-Katan and, um, and Din and Grogu, honestly, in that final showdown against Moff Gideon, there was a lot of great action in, in this, um, in this episode. Zane, we're, we're, I mean, you're pretty much the guy that gives everything Star Wars a six out of six on this show. Um, what did you think of Robbie completely disrespecting the last episode of The Mandalorian? Well, I think Robbie's a Todd. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, that's definitely true. <laughs> when did you no, get I, this episode? Oh, we talked in the group chat. Yeah, I, should, I guess I, I should I, probably explain. Same. Oh, yeah, you. If you know what to explain, I was gonna say, or Zane just keeps going because I'll I'll go look. So we'll pause it. Let <laughs> let Isaac explain it quick. Okay, so basically, Robbie, I, I was asking for everyone's ratings of the last episode of The Mandalorian, so I could make like a social post promoting episode one sixty two of the Infinity Bros podcast, where Mark and I review uh, chapter twenty three of The Mandalorian, and Robbie gave it a five point four, which isn't a bad score by any means, but he said it was because the action seemed dumb and it was equivalent to two adult men chasing leia little girl leia in obi-wan kenobi like that was like when he said that i was like oh my okay like that's he thinks that's bad action not just like not great he thinks it's bad yeah that was dumb like i just i I don't see anywhere you can watch any of the action sequences that that happened and been like it draw that comparison like i i don't get it like i did not get that feeling at all from watching that i'm i don't know where he got that either like sure i mean if you go back to episode 23 which i think is probably the best episode of the season to me i mean sure some of the action isn't like top tier like best action you're ever gonna see but it's classic star wars man like you're getting troopers like shot out of the air and flying and smashing into walls. And like, I don't know, to me, that's like, that's star Wars. That's just what star Wars is. And to, to Zane and, and Mark, honestly, and I like, that's, 
that's exactly what we want in this show. This is a perfect. It was a perfect episode right. to me. Or like I've seen, I, I saw someone complain about that too. Just like, why, like, why are they just pushing ahead? They're not using tactics. They're not. And it's just like, have you never watched Star Wars before? Go back to even the original movies. Yeah, clone troopers sta- walking out in the middle of actual like hallways and stuff. Right. Like, <laughs> and you got other people. They're shooting in it in a closed hallway. No one's in cover, and everyone's missing each other. Like. It's Star Wars. That's the whole there's, point. That there's a certain level of like suspension of disbelief that you have right. to have while watching Star Wars because like it's a it's a space setting. Like we don't know what it's really like out there. It's just it's doesn't exist. So like you have to at least be like, okay, like sure, whatever. You know, if it's not logical or right or whatever, you just gotta you just gotta roll with it, man. It's Star right. Wars. Come on. It's fun. Uh, We're here for fun. fun. It's fun. Exactly. Uh, what did you think of the action in this episode, Mark? Um, it was definitely not Leia being chased by two <laughs> assassins level. I don't get like, that's a bad take. Bad take by Robbie. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's not shocking that Robbie has a bad take. Like that happens like on a weekly basis, but that was a, that was a bad take. That's a bad take. I mean, what we had, Din Djarin with basically a ton of fight like sequences. Then we had freaking Mandalorians fighting dark troopers with Beskar armor and jetpacks flying at each other. Yeah. We had right. a cool sequence of the TIE interceptors and TIE bombers going to mm-hmm. destroy their ship. True. Mm-hmm. And then we had them basically kamikaze the ship into their base. Right. <laughs> that and, right. and that's Gosh. comparable to two people chasing <laughs> Little girl Leia, do we need to fire Robbie? <laughs> I, I mean, I think are you at this kidding point, me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, and we yeah. got a dark saber, and I always forget what those weapons are called with the the with like the energy uh, field on it. Yeah, like, yeah, like the, the got, ones that the Praetorian guards have. What I thought when I watched it, I was like, with my beautiful wife Kelly, um, oh, it's a laser sword fight. Like that's you know when yeah, it is just going back to when Luke calls it a laser sword. Um, that's <laughs> yeah. basically what was happening there mm-hmm. right yeah and like and we got, those, those and guys we got grogu using the force right. throwing around the guards right oh and man. and robbie's gonna say it's the action is equal to uh, is equal to what is it flea chasing around princess leia yeah it's like, a alien like, woman come on oh my gosh <laughs> in the forest what does Robbie want? What does Robbie want? What does he want? I, from that's this? a great question. I don't know, man. I don't know. Did what he, he wants a bunch of force ghosts coming up and just fighting and like the <laughs> clone trooper squadron showing I mean, up. Hey, and- if that's what he wants, I'm I'm on his side of that too, because that would be kind of cool. But yeah, I don't know, man. I'm I don't know. But anyways, moving on. Uh we'll 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 try to cool off a little bit. We'll <laughs> We'll try to get back on track here. Um, we finally get Mando and and Grogu fighting together. I mean, they've kind of done they played off each other in random encounters and stuff like that. But I feel like this is one of the first battles that we've had with full on like Grogu is full on assisting because Mando's always like, oh, no, you know, like, go away. I'm I don't want to protect you. I don't want you to be here for the battle or whatever. But Mando, like I was a little bit like impressed he was like yeah grogu let's like let's do this thing come on come in and fight with me <laughs> like that was pretty cool and then bo-katan joins the fight 
um, with Grogu and Din Djarin against Moff Gideon. That was that was a really solid action uh, finale part there. Zane, what did you think of that showdown? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was I thought it was shot fairly well. Like it was a relatively I don't want to put it as believable because it's Star Wars, but it felt like Star Wars. It felt like a Star Wars fight. You had, you know, the flashing, you know, put it as laser swords. Like you had that, you got an actual struggle. And then the fact, yeah, you had it culminating in the fact that it was Bokutan, Jin, and Grogu. Like all of them there, that's kind of your triumvirate of heroes, especially for this season, fighting off against the main bad guy. Like that's, I'm not going to say that it's like that epic ultimate as high as, you know, that it's not that Luke Vader showdown or whatever, but like it fit and it worked and it was, it's what you wanted to see in a finale. Right. I, fe- I felt like it fit the show very well. Like, yeah. I mean, Moff Gideon has been the main villain through all three of these seasons and it was a fitting showdown. I mean, when he showed up in that Mandalorian, like armor, like suit, I was like, Okay, Moff Gideon is legit, guys. Like, right. <laughs> this is that was a sweet suit. Like, no lie, I was almost like kind of rooting for him after he got that suit a little <laughs> bit because I was like, "That's really cool," and I want to keep seeing that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was a it was a really cool showdown. Um, but I, I want to go back a little bit. I skipped ahead because I, I was excited to talk about that. But we got this cool scene where um, Mando is like telling R5 to, you know, open up these laser shields to make it across into the cloning room. And it was cool because to me, it reminded me of like, you know, Luke and, and R2-D2 or, or even, you know, the prequels like Anakin and R2-D2, like them communicating and R2's like, you know, whizzing around doing all this stuff. And R5 who (laughs) is getting some redemption in this series is like, yeah, I got this, guys. I got this. Even though he's a terrible junk astromech and he doesn't want to be there, he's like terrified. He's like going and doing the thing. And then we had some of those little <laughs> mouse droids. Yeah. <laughs> the sirens were going off and stuff. Oh my gosh, that was great. Um, but Mark, Mando is starting to get over his um, fear or disdain of droids. He's like, he likes, he liked obviously IG 11, you know, previously, but he's starting to get a little, little sentimental for I five. I think, what do you think about that? Uh, I think he might be, it's like the precursor of him, you know, becoming a full fledged father. So he's getting a little soft and more, yeah, more caring mm-hmm. of other things. That's, that's probably Cause why. we know, we know that once you become a father, you basically just start crying all the time. That's pretty <laughs> much how, Father before child, then it's nonstop post child. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. basically. So, <clears throat> just be warned, uh, Zane. This is our our advice <laughs> to you. Taking notes. Be, be aware that <laughs> once you become a father, the tears start flowing, man. Um, <laughs> just it just happens. But yeah, it, it, that's a that's a good point. I, I like that that he's he's kind of just becoming softer and maybe more like forgiving in general. Whereas he was like this kind of hardened bounty hunter that didn't trust anyone before. And now he's like opening up to trust people, you know, more willingly right off the bat instead of, you know, distrust everywhere until they earn his trust type of thing. But um, 
this is I, I actually like this scene because R5 to me the the pivot from the IG11 thing in the first couple episodes to R5 made zero sense to me. I was like, this is just a dumb, this is, I thought it was just dumb storytelling. They spent all this time talking about IG 11 and then just gave up and gave them R five. I was like, this is just stupid. <laughs> like little redemption in that with R five coming in clutch in, in this episode for sure. But we, we flip back to what he's actually doing for Dinger and he's opening up energy shields one by one. So he can take out these Beskar, guards like two at a time and this is an epic this is an epic scene right here um zane did you get any vibes from duel of the fates with these energy shields like going off one by one exactly that's all i could think of too and um i saw someone else make a post too and it's just become such that epic thing and especially even in star wars that the hallway scene like the, every show now, like in that action scene, like we got to find some way to incorporate the hallway scene. And so, and then the post I saw was like, you had it from Rogue One with Vader at the end hallway scene. You had it with the end of, was it season two? Or, you know, when Luke comes in to find Grogu, the, when he walks through to get to the end, like all these hallway scenes. And it's just like, now Din has his awesome hallway scene. And you're just like, this, this is what you want to see. Yeah. Yeah. And then by the end of it, he had, you know, one of the energy batons or whatever those yeah. things are called and a shield. And, and the shield just, just ready. Oh, just... Oh, so good. They get into the clone like room and that's when they see, obviously, Gideon's clone look him in the eyes and he does the freaky eye opening thing. <laughs> it's like, that's definitely going to happen when you're zooming right, in. Right. You knew that was happening. Yeah. 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 But it was, it was so cool. So it didn't matter. Um, Mando, you know, deletes or deletes, destroys all of the, the clones. And this is again, I mean, this is going back to like, why is it so easy for Mando to just like press a button and destroy all these clones? I feel like Gideon definitely has either another facility that he's doing this in. And this is all just like a facade to make people think that. I mean, it could could be, I mean, if you, if you tie into everything from rebels and Thrawn or tie into what we saw at the end of bad batch, you know, the main cloning facilities on Tantus. So like it, you could hypothetically be like, they could have places all over the place, you know? I mean, Moff Gideon has shown us that he is like, one or two steps ahead of everybody pretty much at all times. I'm getting the feeling guys that he's not, he's not done that. He's going to come back hopefully in season well, four and be the big bad. And, guy and they again. reference, they made reference in the season about the, the scientist, you know, well, what happened to him? It can be reversed. Like he'll recover. So, or they'll be able to recover whatever. So, right. That'll be able to recover his research or whatever. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what they're saying, but Again, it's one of those things where they just played this so straightforward that I was just kind of caught off guard that they were like, oh, yeah. All right. Let's let's move on to the next plot point that we need to tie up. All right. Next one. Tie up that one. Tie up that one. It was just like, oh, wow. OK, we're just we're just taking these down. All right, then. Uh, so we finally get to the end scene here. It was interesting how they had Bo-Katan like go to this remote location to like hide. Right. And then, and that's where they saw like the, 
like the greenery and they're like, oh, cool. Mandalore is like, you know, growing plants again. Cool. Um, but then like immediately when they got there, they turned around. They're like, all right, let's go. Now. I was just like, OK, so what what did we have that little interlude for? It was the show that they could grow you know have farms on mandalore and that's why so then when we show up season four they're gonna have like these giant farms right yeah i I, like get that they showed it but it just seemed like a really weird break from what was going on in in the episode like they they took this little bunny trail off here real quick to go go check out the foliage of Mandalore. I get that. But at the same time, they were just trying to find somewhere to fall back. And like in the scope of everything happening in the episode, they didn't know when the armor was going to show up with the reinforcements. So like, I guess the pacing of the episode could have incorporated that a little better. But like in the episode, like if you're in the character shoes, like you didn't know that as soon as they got there, that's also when the armor was going to show up. So it's like, well, all right. We're back to the attack. Like, when I sit back and look at it, it's not as much of a big deal as like it was in the moment when I was like, oh, okay. Like, All right, here we go. We're just going right back into it. <laughs> one of the coolest shots of this episode, and I would even put it up there in the one of the coolest shots of this entire season is Bo-Katan leading the Mandalorians into battle on their jetpacks, and she whips out the, the Darksaber and like, is pointing it, you know, forward, leading them into battle. That was really that was very cool. cool. What what I wish we did get with that we talk about action that you know Robbie just doesn't <laughs> understand is a good like if she could have found the right angle to cut someone in half. I know they were in Beskar armor, but you know there could have been something where we got a good like you know oh yeah this you know there's, remember there's guys this dark saber find kid. the gaps yeah find the gaps get us a good cut you know we would have all been rejoice. That would have been cool, <clears throat> especially with the dark. Like, give me everything with the dark saber because what they've done with the lighting of the dark saber in this series has been Chef's kiss, phenomenal. Like you, like in this episode back in, I think it honestly was, I think it was honestly Boba Fett when um, Paz Vizsla showed up with um, Dinger in for the dark saber. Uh, the lighting in that scene is incredible. Like that's one of my favorite shots from this entire series is Dinjarin like holding the dark saber and with his like silver armor reflecting the light from the dark saber is just like, Oh man, that was, that was star Wars right there, man. Oh, just so stinking good. What if you find out that like at the end that like, didn't like maybe like grab the probably like the broken hill. And then what we get in the future is like, they make a lightsaber for Grogu off that crystal. And then he just has a dark saber lightsaber. <laughs> a little bitty dark saber. Yeah. Oh, along with his Mandalorian armor. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's another thing. They made this big deal about getting him this like chess piece earlier um, of like Beskar as, as a foundling. Right. Which was cool. Didn't mind that. But then they just like kind of forgot about it. And like they didn't even mention it again. And it was just like, oh, it would have been cool if they had a part where like Grogu gets shot in the chest and then like Dinjarin like goes over to him and he's like fine and just gets up because he's got the the best car. So you just wanted to copy Lord of the Rings. Basically. Or- yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's an epic part of Lord of the Rings. I mean, Seriously, that is I that is an epic part, but I think the only counter to that would be is 
with how much shots they miss, Grogu's a tiny target. So I feel like if he got hit, that would be one heck of a shot. <laughs> so Grogu would have to be like doing something in order to get hit. I feel like like he would be have to be, you know, like using the force to like do something and was like distracted by something because there's zero chance they could hit him just when he's standing still. Because like you said, I mean, he would he would just like flip out of the way and right. and be fine. But but he would have to be like, you know, like in that moment, obviously, this is the moment where it's all over pretty much. But like when the, you know, the ship comes down and just blows up the whole base and Grogu is protecting them in that like force shield bubble or whatever. That would have been like a moment where like, hey, somebody could shoot Grogu there because he's like super concentrated on doing this like force shield thing. But I mean, obviously, the moment itself was was perfect. So it didn't need to happen there. But, you know, just he needed to be a little distracted and get shot at some point or, or like, I don't know what, what, why make the big deal about giving him the chess piece if you're not going to bring it back into the show at any point. I know you, you, it was brought up just a little bit earlier, but it's all I've been thinking about. Uh, just give us, they should just make a star Wars like series that just basically copies Lord of the Rings from fellowship to, to return of the King and just like undersell it. Be like, I, it's, it's like Lord of the Rings. I did, did know that. <laughs> like, like the. Did you guys hear about this? This is totally off the topic, but this dude wrote a fan fiction of Lord of the Rings called <laughs> "The Fellowship of the King," and he is now suing Amazon for um, copyright infringement copyright, yeah. <laughs> from the Lord of the like the Rings of Power series. He says that is too close to his Lord of the Rings fan fiction book <laughs> so suit up for i think it's like 250 million too i i wonder well which one came out first at his fanfic well actually, he he must I, he must have came out first with that i would assume otherwise you'd have no ring. grounds to sue right because the rings of power is just basically that one like one or two paragraphs from the similarian right right and they're 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 basically just making up the rest right so it's exactly. like if that existed before this show came out it's very possible yeah, I mean, I, I'm and not saying have- that <laughs> that uh, he doesn't necessarily have grounds to do it, but like, man, I should just, I mean, it's so similar to my my work of fiction, the Chronicles of Yarnia that I yeah, created, right. and and I'm gonna sue the creators of the, that movie too because it was too close to. I don't know. It just seems like the so fact that the fact bizarre. like I could. It'd be different if this dude made some other medieval high fantasy type series and they took right. elements, but then you look at it, you're like, oh no, this dude just made a Lord of the Rings fanfic. Like he's yeah. already taking the property and making like That's true, but it's it's the same thing when it comes to like a screenplay in Hollywood. That's why like people don't want to read screenplays that are just out of nowhere. Cause if they use it on their own material, they could get sued. Right. And it's happened. Right. So like that's the whole true. thing. It's like if this existed, even though it's not his IP they're using something that he worked on. So it's like, he would have some right that you, you know, stole my story in a sense. Right. Like it logically, it makes sense, but there was, and I don't, I didn't read the whole thing, but I know they actually mentioned that the Tolkien estate was part of that lawsuit too. Like they were included in that, but I'm assuming that's because the Tolkien estate gave them permission to use the, even the material that they had for rings of power. 
So I'm not I'm not sure how that all works out, but like the fact that Tolkien Estate was in there, I was like, okay, dude, like <laughs> you literally ripped off Tolkien's works, and now you're suing him for copyright infringement. Dude's looking for some settlement money. Yeah, he sues for 250 million, gets a million dollars out of it. Bingo, yeah, bingo. Exactly. Yeah, bingo, bingo. Exactly. I think I think Jeff right, Bezos can afford a, it. <laughs> that was that was a fun little. Uh, little side quest here um but let's get back to so finally we get you know really cool some really cool scenes at the end here like honestly they did a really great job of of shooting this uh this whole episode but we get this scene where they are in the great forge and they're reigniting it and it's just it's cool like the armor and bo-katan are down there armor gives bo-katan the torch relights the great forge and all the mandalorians are like united again and that was just like a really cool moment of and that that, i feel like that was a great like encompassing moment of all the mandalore stuff that we've had throughout this show and in you know clone wars and in rebels it was just cool to see them all together once again and like all right now we're ready to start you know our new society or whatever uh as mandalorians but um Zane or Mark, whichever one you guys wants to go first. Um, thoughts on just the whole Mandalorian aspect of of this show and all the lore that we got in this season and, you know, mixing in stuff from Clone Wars Rebels along the way. Yeah, I, I thought they did a good job of giving the story you need of Mandalorian, like, especially if you're if you never went and like watched Clone Wars or Rebels. Or I, you know, I can say it till I'm blue in the face. Very much recommend watch those shows. But if you don't, or if that's just not your prerogative, whatever. I thought the show does a fairly good job of telling you what you need to know and kind of explaining some of that stuff. That if you don't want to go watch that, fine. But that will only improve your experience if you do. Right. Yeah. Definitely. You know what? Just go watch the shows, people. I yeah. Mean, just go watch it. You got nothing better to do. Just yeah. go watch them. If you're listening to us. <laughs> You got you got time to watch. Yeah, You'll right. make time to watch those shows. Yeah, right. Exactly, and they're they're fantastic. Rebels is one of my favorite Star Wars properties of all time. I told Mark that last week. The storyline in Rebels is just phenomenal. Very it's good. So stinking good. But uh, yeah, last scene we finally get is they're down in the what do they call them again? The pools or whatever. The mines yeah, of the lore. The waters of Mandalore, or whatever. Waters, the living yeah. waters. Yeah, all that, oh, whatever. All <laughs> yeah, all that cliches that they were talking about. Uh, so they're down there. Um, Paz Ragnar, Paz Vizsla's son, finally gets you know his ceremony or whatever to become a Mandalorian. Which that's another weird thing. Paz Vizsla dies. Zero mention. Nothing. He's just like, oh, okay, cool. Not even in this scene. Like it would have been cool if they had like some kind of like nod to him with Ragnar being, you know, man, Mandalord. How do, you, how do you say, how do you say that? Him becoming a Mandalorian. Uh, it would have been cool to see some kind of like reference to him, but they're just like, ah, thanks for your sacrifice, Paz. We don't need to mention you again. For, for the cool scene that we got in episode 23, I was a little bit bummed by that. I mean, that's fair, but they're also not clones. They're just like, yeah, all right. And it could just be part of their creed where it's just like, yeah, well, you know, he served us and we move on. Right. And that could also be there. I also I also find it interesting that, you know, they're existing together as the two different types of 
Mandalorians where, you know, some take their helmets off and some don't, and they're just, like, existing together. I think that's pretty interesting. That was pretty cool. Pretty cool moment that, you know, and we had a lot of that tension in episode six and seven of them coming together, and it's just, man, it was a cool thing to see all of them, like, united finally at the end of this. So um, last, you know, closing moment of the show. Well, I shouldn't say closing moment. There's a couple couple different scenes after this, but one uh, Grogu becomes Din Grogu, which, I mean, I feel like this was something that was, like, assumed through the whole show that, like, Din was, like, his adoptive father. But he finally comes out and says it. He's like, all right, I'll adopt him then. I could do it. Like, I can I do, do it. I can be his dad. <laughs> like I, almost this season for sure. He definitely was like acting as his dad this whole season. And then he's like, ah, yeah, sure. Sure. I'll be his dad. Why not? <laughs> but then Grogu looks up at him, makes his cute little babbling noises. Oh gosh. Grogu is a legend. He's, he's the best. Um, and slight moment. Uh, Grogu kind of looks at the living waters and then we get a shot of the mythosaur, maybe some like force connection. Maybe what'd you think about that? That Zane? That was cool. I mean, the fact that it kind of brought that back because that's the whole thing of, Hey, the mythosaur is there and everything. And I thought it was fun. I think it'd be cool if, yeah, I want to see Grogu ride the mythosaur. Grogu. <laughs> <laughs> In armor with a dark saber riding the mythosaur. We know the connection he has with animals, so like, let's see it. I I don't even care if it's a terrible season or show. Like that would be just like we had from Book of Boba Fett. We can have Boba riding around on his Rancor. We can have Grogu riding around on the mythosaur. Oh my gosh! We're fighting Moff Gideon clones, like. To make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. gosh. Could you imagine if that's what they do to us in the next like season? If that's like the last one or two more seasons where like we get the reason why Snoke looks so screwed up is because he had a battle with Grogu and Din Djarin. <laughs> and like, oh, that would be such a great tie to those movies <laughs> where it's like, okay, what yeah, now Snoke we know why. Is, uh, what if Snoke is an old, like, just... Moff Gideon clone, yeah, everybody. Moff Gideon clone, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. What, yeah. what if he's just like an old, like just decrepit, okay, well, hang on, like, hang on. overgrown right, right, Moff Gideon right. clone? Let's everyone get well. get in the in in the airport. All right, let's get go into the weeds. weeds. Let's get into the weeds. Here we go. Um, so that was my thought when we see Moff Gideon get like burned alive, basically in his armor, and I'm like, well, you know, Snoke is really burnt, but then I'm like, well, Snoke in the movies is like eight feet tall. So that's where right. it's just like, yeah, I just didn't make sense unless like, mm-hmm. you know, some healing process made him taller. But I thought about that. But it's like, mm-hmm. well, you have to explain the height because in the movie, Snoke's a giant, apparently. So, yeah, right. So that's another know. thing. Well, but Snoke's also established that he's a Palpatine clone. But why? Like, that's just don't take that. So like, maybe Moff Gideon yeah, perfected it. And that's why Snoke tall. used it. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing. Like, if that's what I'm saying. Saying, like, all that in corporate, right? They're manipulating yeah. all that stuff. So maybe that's how you're tie in there somewhere. And that could be the thing where it's like, oh yeah, you know, we're able to make Moff Gideon clones and they use like that type of DNA into like other stuff to combine for Snoke. So that's maybe I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. It's possible. But I'm just saying, mu- mustache Moff Gideon's coming back. 
<laughs> I think so too. I think so too. <clears throat> Save that just for a little bit here. Clip Two it. more scenes. Uh, <laughs> Dinger and Din Grogu fly to Adelphi base where Captain T- Tiva is. And he basically offers to do jobs for him for the New Republic. So, but like off the season books. four, but off the books, off the books, off the books. Yes, yeah. season Cause four because he, he's a bounty hunter. Yeah. I mean, bounty hunter, right? He still is a bounty <laughs> hunter by trade. He's not a peacekeeper. He he doesn't want to stick around in Navarro and and be you know. But he can come back Apollo to like creeds to take to have his eight hour nap so he gains all his energy just like a video game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, that was a fun, fun little thing. Then we get uh, the IG head that uh, apparently Din couldn't repair before. He now is able to repair IG Eleven, and now he's the new Marshal of Navarro. So <clears throat> that was a kind of nice little nod. That was that was cool. And then he gets a little cabin outside of town in Navarro. <laughs> Sweet little cabin. Sweet little cabin. Little, little resort and, out there. This this final scene, I couldn't decide if it bothered me or if I absolutely loved it. And I think it's a little bit of both. I absolutely loved it because we like this is this is like the happily ever after episode. Everything happens that's good, and you know we almost don't get too much to look forward to for season four other than the fact that it's the Mandalorian and I'm definitely going to watch it. They didn't leave us on a a cliffhanger. They didn't leave us on a big cliffhanger to wait for season four, but Din Djarin's sitting there with his feet up and Grogu (laughs) is force balancing a frog. (laughs) Like, how can you be mad at that? Right. (laughs) I can't can't be mad at that ending. It's just so, it was just so good. And this is this is weird thought that I had, but that end scene, if he's now his son, but still kept his helmet on, that tells me that that group of Mandalorians, when they coupled up and had relations, they kept their helmet on. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that was. Wow, I'm glad, I'm glad uh, you brought that to the table. Thanks, Mark. Uh-huh. I, I really, really would not like has, to miss has that. Has never saw that. his wife's face. <laughs> That is God. what that's going. Well, actually, that's they probably confirmed. did when they had to take their all their gear off. Remember that? In the no. Season. Anyways, but yeah. <laughs> no. But there you go. That right. that that's what I took from that. I was like, because I would just have the same thing. I get the cool shot with him in his armor and the helmet on. I feel like mm-hmm. you're just with Grogu. Why? Why have right, your helmet you're on? just at home? Right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So that's what Mark got from that scene. Okay. <laughs> Definitely not what the rest of us probably, probably <laughs> from it. But so, anyways, uh, so we're, one... we're getting rid of Robbie from the group and Mark. <laughs> Mark is getting resuspended. Mark is going to go back into hyper or <laughs> cyber sleep pretty soon. Here, cyber. <clears throat> what, uh, what are you making the jerks do to me? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever you were, in, whatever you're in prior to us plucking you out of and coming back on the podcast last oh. week. <laughs> but the the final thing that just was like. I was like just in shock that they did it was they did the like classic, like old cartoon, like closing circle on Grogu and Din Djarin. And I was just like, are we in a 1930s cartoon? <laughs> like what is, what is going on right now? I mean, again, I didn't hate it. Like it was hilarious, but I was like, what the heck? Why did they end it like that? It's just so bizarre. Just, I don't know, man. What did you guys think of that? 
I didn't think about it that much. I just thought it was like, ah, it's one last shot of Grogu playing with this frog. Ah, not like, oh my goodness, this is a 40s cartoon when cartoons were still racist. Like, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just an ending, man. Yeah, I wasn't uh, thinking about that know, clearly. Dude. Yeah, it's just, it was weird. I thought it was weird. But anyways, so. Did you think right. Grogu was going to like, put his hands out and then like, that's all folks. What would have been a good, like a good ending for this type of show to give more action to Robbie is as they're doing that, <laughs> like a, a starfighter comes out and like, it ex- <laughs> like, I'm oh, hang on. And then it expands back out. And like, that's our like, you know, teaser. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's tricking us. It's, Oh, it's the end of the show and the series. And then it comes back out because back clearly, out. Someone knows and then it goes back. Oh, it, it goes back out quick, and then just to annoy Isaac more, it zooms back in because it's Pele Mata, and then it ends. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it's like Pele Mata going. Yeah, oh, I'm here. The show's over. <laughs> I am also here. Isaac yeah. would throw his remote. I, I would, man. Oh man, yeah, that would have that would have gotten me for sure. But okay, moment of truth, guys. What did you rate Chapter Twenty Four of The Mandalorian? Mark, go ahead. Uh, I'd probably give it. This is just a selfish me. Um, I would give it a solid six point zero because it's only thirty eight minutes. I wanted more. It, if it had more, it would have been a six point five. All right, six point five out of six. But it's only a six out of six. It's only six because of the thirty eight minutes. So we, we didn't get enough. All right, uh, Zane. I pretty much know what your answer is going to be. But what did you rate this episode? Um. Axe Wolves crashed an entire Star Destroyer into that base. It's a six out of six. I thought he wasn't just on that alone. Why aren't you getting out of the, the ship fast enough? <laughs> like, oh, no, no, no. He did, he did but he, it took him a while. <clears throat> but yeah, that was that was epic, man. Um, I I'm not quite there, guys. I, I think. Freaking stupid cartoon episode or the season. The seat no, that's not what did it for me. (laughs) Season one and season two finales were just so epic that I feel like comparing this one to those two just doesn't really it doesn't really measure up to them. Like it doesn't leave me really, really excited for more seasons of The Mandalorian because I think they they you know it could like you said, Mark. I definitely could have used another 15 minutes in this episode. Um, I could have used more t- exposition and tying up those loose ends instead of just going bam, 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 tie but up. How, all how the do loose you ends. top? I get what you're saying, but how do you top this the ending of the last season when you have Luke show up? I, exactly. Like and that's probably a part. That's probably my my expectations being too high. But I don't know. Like it's the same Marvel problem. Like these movies keep having to build on each other. And when they don't measure up to the movies before we're all kind of like, Oh man, like that wasn't, it was good still, but it just didn't, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So there's definitely an aspect of that to this episode with me. I really like and appreciate this ending because it, it basically leaves to, Hey, we, Oh, they're kind of like done with everything. So when the next, like if their next story is them being in the Ahsoka show or like, that's how they come. Cause I, I'm thinking that's the ending is they probably combine all these live action shows into one or at least. Well, and, and probably end it all with the movie that Filoni 
um, is Pro- going to do. Probably. Sure. So it's like you got to keep, you got to leave these two open to do something. So like if you said got right. Moff Gideon, you know, alive, um, be, you'd be worried about that the whole time. It's like, well, when is Moff Gideon going to come up? It's like they're they're right. basically shadowing that. It's like, oh, Moff Gideon's dead, so they're not worried about anything. So they can go help Ahsoka. They can yeah. go help Rebels. They can go help Luke do something if he needs. I don't know stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Boba Fett probably yeah. comes back, and you know they hang out for a bit. Yeah. Well, I think Definitely. that's ultimately going to be the bigger tie-in because, especially with Ahsoka, like I feel like it just sets itself up too well that you bring in him to help you find Ezra. Like, you know, everything we're getting from, right. you know, Sabine and Hera, like you're getting right. everyone else. And, you know, a part of that is going to be them looking for Ezra. Well, what better way than a bounty hunter who knows his way around the, like, it just seems set up. Team up too. Right. And they accidentally find Cal Kestis. You know, it's all, it's all fun to game. Oh, please. Yes. 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 Live action, Cal Kestis, please. Oh, man, that would be amazing. But anyways, because of those reasons, I still loved this finale. I did definitely don't think it was a bad finale. I'd give it a five out of six. And yeah, I, I don't know. It just didn't feel quite as satisfying to me as the as the previous season. So so that's what I, I would give it. Let's talk a little bit. We kind of have been throughout this whole time, so we won't spend a whole lot of time on it. But I want to get you guys' thoughts on season three as a whole. So I mentioned before we started that this has definitely been the most controversial, at least online, like in person. I feel like most of the people that I've talked to have really loved this season as well, but online, this has been getting a fair amount of, of hate. I not, not enough to make it like seem like a bad season or anything like that, but what would you guys say to just the overall season? And why do you guys think it is getting so much hate Zane? I don't know. It's like I've tried to like read into like some of the stuff that like people have been given a lot of hate for. And it's just like there's a lot of stuff that I don't entirely agree with. Like I, for me personally, like I love Bo Katan from stuff in Clone Wars and everything else. And so like I actually love the fact that this season was as much about her as it was if even more about her. Like I was totally fine with it. Like it set it up. And so for me, like I still thought it was fantastic, but it just seems like a lot of the the negative or what people had. It's just that it wasn't a Din Djarin story. And it's like, well, it doesn't necessarily have to be like, you're setting everything up for the Mandalorians and you're, you know, delving more into the story. And it's just like, I think Bo-Katan plays a huge part in that. And so like, I was, I was, I didn't agree with a lot of the hate, but also, like I said, I'm a big Bo-Katan Kreese fan. So like I was fine with it. So maybe it's just a different on perspective of what was happening. And Bo-Katan's arc in this season was great. I, yeah. I agree with you there. I, I don't think she was a part of the problem at all from, from my perspective, for sure. Um, if there are people out there that are hating Bo-Katan in this show, I'm, or, or not necessarily hating her, but like hating that the focus was more on her than, you know, Dinjarin and Grogu. I, I think that's whack. You guys, are just losers and hating on stuff that doesn't need to be hated on for sure. Mark, what did you think about the online um, controversy? Of this well, season? it's just, you know, another, another batch of star Wars fans who just solely believe <laughs> that if the story is not told how it's supposed to be told in their, in their vision, it's horse crap. And then take it upon themselves to rip every piece down 
just like when they made uh, they ripped George Lucas so bad they made him sell it to Disney. Um, so I take anyone's disdain online for Star Wars stuff that's going on. I'm just like I I've been in it too long to like care what the 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 hard the hardcore in quotes you know quotations Star Wars fans who just find any any avenue to complain. So. Right. I can and I think I know what I'm going to double down on if these fans listen to our podcast. I want more Lizzo and Jack Black episodes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I can do a whole series oh, wow. on them, and I'm <laughs> all in. Oh, and you, and what what you you guys drinking your energy drinks right now? You Robbies of the world, you're going to watch it. You're going to watch every episode of it. So why it's, gonna watch it. yeah. it's in the Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars universe. Right. You're going to watch it. Like we said, like we said last week. I mean, it's 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 pigs to the slop. Like the slop looks disgusting to these pigs, but they're like, give me more, give me more. I just need more. I can't get enough. More. This is disgusting, but I'm going to keep eating it. Well, like, I know we talked about that, Isaac, but I was just like, you can hate on that. And I can understand what people have the difference, but like, that felt like a Clone Wars episode. So I was like, this is yeah. fun. Yeah. It's just like, honestly. who cares? There's the Star Wars universe is full of all kinds of different characters. Like, who cares if it's Jack Black and Lizzo? Like, it's, it's fun. And that's the whole like, point right? of this show. It's, a, it's, it's doubling down on the space western. And this is a show now, so it's it's just like shows like those '50s shows of like westerns, where it's just like you you have an episode about nothing almost that like right. kind of leads to the next like leads you to the next story. Like, yeah. and that's what that oh, it's just it's so good. I don't know. I'm yeah. biased. I love Star Wars. Okay. I'm, uh, well, I mean, you guys obviously still loved it, so go ahead and give me your ratings, Mark, since you were already um, oh. talking. Give me your rating. Another of season three of the Mid-Cat. another six out of six. Chef's Kiss Mandalorian. Gosh, man. There it is. There it is. And Zane, again, I already know what you're I mean, it's, well, yeah, it's six out of six. And then just even from the whole, just not just three. Like, I think the Mandalorian, like, this is definitely a show that gets put up there. There's like, whenever you're talking Star Wars and you're, anyone's giving, hey, I'm, you know, new to Star Wars. What are your recommendations to check out? The Mandalorian is up there. Oh, like yeah, it, absolutely. like it has established itself as just being that quality of a show that it's just and like it's a relatively self-contained story too. Right. That like, I mean, sure, it helps to have right. you know watched all of the other previous Star Wars IPs and stuff, but like, I mean, if you just watch The Mandalorian, I have a lot of family members who are not Star Wars fans, but they've watched The Mandalorian and they really enjoy that show because it's just it's just a good show, right? And it's fun to watch. So. Yeah, definitely right there with you. Um, I guess I'm gonna be the Debbie Downer. I okay, Robbie. I give this. <laughs> um, I'm not. I'm not Robbie Debbie Downer. I, I hope Isaac Isaac unstuffs the zipper and Robbie steps out. <laughs> it was well, me all along. It's me, guys. <laughs> Star Wars is dumb. Four out of six for this season. <laughs> There's not even one weight room in this show. <laughs> No, no one can do proper squats or lunges in this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So my Debbie Downer is that I give this season a five and a half out of six. Um, I think this season wasn't as well written as the first two seasons. It kind of felt to me like they have planned out the first two seasons and then were like, ah, I think we'll figure it out after that. You're and then they pieced together. Favreau didn't plan this out? I don't know, man. It kind of felt like it, honestly. Like it still, it still worked. I'm not saying that it di- it was bad writing, but it definitely felt 
a little bit more disjointed than the first two seasons of The Mandalorian. So a little bit of a downer. I definitely had, there was probably two or three episodes this season where I ranked, rated them like five out of six, which I think is probably my lowest rating of any episode of The Mandalorian. So, I mean, still loved it. Absolutely. And we've said so many episodes of the season that it just feels like Star Wars. And that's, that's what a Star Wars fans are here for. Like, I mean, this is what we love to consume. It's just like, man, this is classic, classic Star Wars. So um, still absolutely loved this season of The Mandalorian. It'll be so interesting to see where we go next. Um, yeah, man, you guys have any thoughts about like, besides what we've already talked about with Grogu and Din, like being kind of new Republic bounty hunters. Like what are you guys expecting for season four of the Mandalorian? If it ever happens. I think for sure, if there's a season four, we're getting Grogu in armor. At least I just feel like that's got to happen. Please. Um, But yeah, like what, like how do you push that story? That's where I feel like, yeah, it has to connect to one of the other shows. Like it'd be kind of off to just put a new villain in there. Or like the whole thing, the series leads to like the four, the three or four shows, like you know, leading to one point. Kind of just like you know, making their Infinity War, where there's one central villain that's kind of menacing to all of them in a in a way. So, which I mean, that's kind of your Thrawn when you bring yeah. that in. Like that's what I feel like yeah, yeah. is yeah, kind of the setup here. Like that's kind of your. Infinity War, that's your Thanos character. That's why you, you've right. established all these other shows and these characters mm-hmm. and bring it all in, you know, this together. Is, you know what? <clears throat> this is why that Moff Gideon that died in the end needs to be a clone because <laughs> we need a Moff Gideon Thrawn showdown at Ooh. some point. Like, that would be chef's kiss. Oh, that would be so cool. Um, Yeah, I don't know, guys. Like, to me, I'd be okay if this is the end of the Mandalorian like show as we know it. And we just get him appearing in other projects. Like I, again, if we get more Mandalorian, I would 100% for that. I'm I'm not never, I'm never not going to watch any star Wars that ever comes out. So like, you well, know, this give is me where, everything. this is where like, I like, I, I, I like, I agree with you, but also going to the, the star Wars fan that would complain. It's like, well, what were they doing during the trilogy, the sequel trilogy? Yeah. Like, right. why weren't they involved? Or it's just like, oh, see, what would be great is if they end up tying their stories with the new Ray movies. That would be like, interesting. You know, because if that whole series is, or trilogy is her. Grogu for sure. Like, Grogu has to, I mean, because he's, what, yeah. 50 years old in this? And he's, so he's going to be around for forever for yeah basically he's got another 900 years on him yeah for (laughs) as long as they want the timeline to go the timeline i think the sequel trilogy happens another 20 to 30 years down the road Mm. maybe like 20 15 to 20 yeah after the mandalorian is it that Um, long i think it is it has to be it has to be with how long it takes to get the the whole new republic going right this is still very much in its infancy in the mandalorian so I, I mean, I definitely could see, you know, a lot of these characters being aged out by that point. But, you know, Mando is Mando, so he's going to be a badass no matter how old he is. So, well, I mean, you had some of those Easter eggs, too. Like, I mean, you see 
the the ghost, you know, the ship from Rebels, like that's yeah, in that final right. battle in mm-hmm. the sequel trilogy and stuff. So I mean, I granted that was done more just the the Easter egg, but you could totally run with that still. That you have some of these sprinklings of these characters you're going to be could, bringing right. along. Could yeah. you imagine if like they do that where it's Grogu ends up with uh, Boba Fett's ship, like that's his ship down the line <laughs> like those are the future stories you tell is Dude. like there's grogu oh my gosh. and his crew in that in the boba fett ship so wow that would be incredible i'm all for it <laughs> make, make <laughs> it happen gosh we're such big star wars nerds i love that though like if we had robbie or max on this episode they'd just be like <laughs> you guys are nerds you're just stupid star wars I even watched Clone Wars. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if Max is fi- has uh, finished this right now. He said he was going to watch the last three episodes this week. He probably hasn't. He's been golfing too much. That's, yeah. that's fair. That's true. <laughs> true, true. Well, guys, thank you so much. Uh, Zane, I feel, like, uh, I feel like you did a pretty good job on this episode. Thanks. I'm not doing <laughs> it, can. And you look very handsome with your haircut. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Just wanted to make sure we get that on. Yep, yeah, absolutely. On the main episode. Yeah, for all you absolutely. single ladies out there, Zane can carry eight chairs <laughs> at least. At least, at least eight chairs <laughs> to either set up oh, or tear down any type of <laughs> arena you need to have folding chairs at. It's true. It's true. Any Can't type ever... of event, guys, you need um, that is promoting the name of Jesus Christ. Zane's there. It don't matter. It could ready. be a musical show or a wrestling show. Zane can carry those chairs. I mean, got sure. those yeah, chairs. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess it doesn't need to be a church event, but that's where Zane thrives. So yeah. it's my bread and butter. Mark, Mark, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure diving into the weeds with you today. I love diving into weeds, <laughs> and we can't not dive into the weeds in an episode where where Mark is here. So it's just you know has to happen. And thank you, Infinity Rose Universe, for making us a part of your podcast experience. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thank you so much for making us a part of your day. Um, Guys, if you want to talk more about The Mandalorian, go ahead and join our Discord server. You can check out theinfinityrose.com for all our links. Comment on this post of this episode, what you thought of The Mandalorian. Um, Man, we should get a giveaway going soon. We haven't had one of those for a while. You know what? Let's do one. We'll do a giveaway. I don't know what the prize is going to be yet, but if you hear this, comment. The date was Zane. Date was Zane. That's a prize right there. That's a prize. If you live out of state, you you can fly yourself in to have your date with Zane. (laughs) We will not be paying for it, but you can have a date with Zane. (laughs) But there will be a prize. No Besides the, the date with Zane, the date with Zane is a bonus. Okay, I, I know the date with Zane's not we a have, real thing, but the best we haven't even finished recording. <laughs> haven't even finished recording. Scott's already commenting. Yeah, <laughs> How right, did right, you do that? I'm in. I'm oh, in wait, wait, what? But uh, <laughs> you do a Zoom date, and each other party orders like a DoorDash for each. It's like a surprise what you're going to eat, and then you have, like that'd be <laughs> that should be a good like right, that's like that's a twenty a minute idea get. actually. Yeah, there it is. There you go. Yeah. yeah. There it is. There you go. So yes, uh, there will be a prize besides the date with Zane. Uh, don't know what it's going to, it's probably going to be a Funko pop. Funko pops kind of are, are just go to prize, but uh, comment 
your favorite part of the Mandalorian season three on the promotional post for, for uh, episode 163 of the Infinity Bros podcast. And we'll draw that like a day after it drops. Um, so you could win a Funko Pop. Fun stuff. Anyways, thank you so much, guys. Love you, 3000. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com. Thank you.